0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we say goodnight to Alpha Dream. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including new modes in Super Mario Maker 2. And then on Thursday, we are going to be talking about Nintendo characters that should have their own spin off series. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's uh, good to
1: see you on this fine Sunday afternoon. We're recording
0: this a little early, behind the curtain.
1: Which means probably Nintendo will reveal something really exciting on Monday or Tuesday.
0: You know what? I'm not going to... Well, I mean, if, if they reveal something big on Tuesday, we always miss that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to... Look, I'm not going to beat us up for that.
1: <laughs> right. We don't control... Nintendo doesn't give us a heads up when they're no. about to drop something big.
0: That's right. And we don't control the news. We don't control the weather. Despite what you may have heard... From us talking about the weather as much (laughs) as we... right. From us. But hey, get a load of this. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about what the weather's like right now. None. Yeah. Now we're being withholding. That's right. (laughs) You know what we're not withholding, though, is my copy of Sonic Forces. You can have it for a while and then return it you can borrow my copy of sonic forces for the nintendo switch all you have to do is write into us at nintendo cartridge society at At gmail.com uh with a mailing address and then i send the game to you and you play it for as long as you want you send it back cost you nothing it's the perfect program it is the perfect program while well, you're doing that, mm, yes, here we you go. can
1: also send us your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Mm-hmm. And as we'll get into the news a little bit later, it's a great time to be sending Super Mario Maker 2 levels. That's right. And just a good time to be playing Super Mario Maker 2, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, we want to play your levels. We mm-hmm. want to talk about your levels on the show. And we want to share your level codes in our show notes.
0: So uh, either email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. Or you can just tweet at us at Nin Cart Society uh, to give us those. Uh, this one is just like a quick thing. One more quick thing, A but Betty has a new single, uh, so go listen to it. It's called "Fall on Your Sword." It's great. It's really good. Um, and then, okay, speaking of music, we are do this is a new this is our new thing that we're doing. We are going to determine what the best piece of Nintendo music of all time is, and the way we're doing this is bracket style. That's right. But the catch is that Patrick
1: and I aren't making any nominations. No. So. In order for songs to appear on the bracket,
0: yes, we need you, the listener, to send us your nominations. Right? So do that the way you do you send us anything, email or uh, Twitter or Facebook, I guess, if you want to do it there. Um, and so we need these suggestions before November 22nd. That's right. And once we get all of the suggestions in, we'll
1: generate a bracket and uh, eventually whittle it down to the greatest Nintendo piece of music of all time.
0: And we've already gotten a lot of suggestions, so thank you Chris, thank you Evan, thank you David, thank you Carter, thank you Sarah, thank you Jessica. All of you for contributing. Thank you Super Game Joy on Twitter, uh and thank you Pete Far who texted me. <laughs> um so thank you to everyone who has contributed already. Um some of you are sending a lot of pieces of music. I love it. If people who send pieces of music in the future, you know try to like narrow it down to like 3 yeah, or 5 or, or, or send us a hu-
1: a huge list. But prioritize. But, yeah, prioritize. Because we may not be able to use. Every song in the bracket, unless we just, you know, like really go for it, and it's like a two thousand
0: song bracket, it might be huge. And this is not to disparage anyone who has sent us, I don't know, like twenty three songs, because I love it. I am genuinely excited with every email that we get, um, and I think it's super fun. But it, anyone else, anyone from this point on, fewer, fewer, fewer pieces of music, please. But thank you again
1: to <laughs> listener Jessica for suggesting this. I think it's going to be a real battle royale. Uh huh. Friendships in, will be tested.
0: That's right. But we will walk out of it as friends as always um also thank you to michael who wrote in with uh, a piece of music um but he also wrote us a nice little email so i thought we would read it here <clears throat> Michael says, "Good afternoon. I recently discovered your show after uh, 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 through another campfire media program. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. And so far, I love it. I wanted to send you a big email to you guys, uh, answering a few of your requests in the episodes that I've listened to. Um, so then he gives his his song, which we're going to I'm going to withhold that. This is a big withholding. It's a episode. thing we do now. <laughs> um, but he wrote in with his RPG party based on Nintendo characters. Um, so." Uh, in in the fighter position, Pit from Kid Icarus. Yeah, that's good. It's a, it's a great pull. Uh, the thief, Scrooge McDuck, perfect. Who doesn't want a that thief that is sex? really good? Who can bounce up and down on a on a cane? Yeah. Um, black mage. We're jumping out of the out of order here, but I'm okay with it. Uh, black mage, Mega Man. Interesting. Because I don't necessarily associate Mega Man's powers with magic.
1: No, but Mega Man plus magic is a pretty lethal combination.
0: Also, Mega Man, is an, he's an offensive character more than anything else, right? But not offensive. No, that's right. Uh, for the White Mage, now, here's where you lose me, Michael. You say Waluigi, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I mean, it's airtight to me. <laughs> Uh, I'm,
1: I'm on Michael's team.
0: Uh, In the monk position, he has Super Mario, which I think is, is pretty solid. Um, And then in the red mage position, Pokemon Trainer, which is pretty good. Pokemon yeah. Trainer has shown up in, in two of these listener lists. That's a good party. Uh, it It is a good party. I don't remember who was in all of our parties, but this one would probably win. Um, And then Michael goes on to say, uh, best autumn game for me will always be Pokemon Blue. Back in 1998, my brother and I rode our bikes to and from the mall every day. Uh, that fall, searching uh, searching Babbage's, EB Games, and Nobody Beats the Wiz, a local New York store that I don't believe exists anymore. Uh, Sears and Macy's to see if they had any copies of the game, which was incredibly hard to find. <coughs> hard to find. Finally, on a random Wednesday, we found both red and blue sitting on a shelf in Nobody Beats the Wiz. Every time I play it, no matter the actual season, I can instantly, instantly smell the smoky falling leaf smell associated with the season." Thanks for the always excellent show. I've been only listening for a few weeks now, but I think you've got a lifelong fan already. Warm regards, Mike. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, That's, I like that story. We should have more just like, tell me a cool story about your experience with a game. Nice Nintendo stories. Nice.
1: (gasps) That can replace guest weather.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's uh, get into what we've been playing this week.
1: So I've been playing some Mario Kart Tour. Okay, tell me which about which might yes. be shocking in the sense that usually we pick up one of these mobile games to talk about briefly on the show and then never talk about them ever again. Except you do a good job of occasionally mentioning Fire Emblem Heroes or Super Dragalia Mario Lost and Super Mario Run from <laughs> right. time to time. So maybe like the thing that I was just saying is only right. true for That's myself. Just you.
0: <laughs> I will accept that you projected it onto me as well. I will take that on. It's the Royal Wii. Um,
1: I'm really enjoying it. Okay. All that being said, I can't defend its terrible monetization practices. Sure. Like, it's so, everything is so expensive in this game, if you were to spend money on it. Yeah. And even, like, coins. Um, but I really like it as, like, a time waster. When I, I'm not really in the mood for a full, like, let me get the Switch out and play a game. Yeah. But uh, I just have, like, a little bit of time to waste, or I'm just, like, laying on the couch, have one hand free, but too lazy to, you know, like,
0: sit up. Too lazy to move the other
1: hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can just play a little Mario Kart. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm enjoying that. I'm even enjoying, like, the, uh, using the pipe to get new, um, racers yeah. and all that stuff, even though I have never gotten a good pull. I've only seen the orange or the golden pipe once, which is how you know you're getting like a rare. Ooh. Well, I guess it, I don't even know if it's rare, it's just that you know that it's from whatever uh like weekly the first um
0: grab bag, what do you call this limited no, time? No, no, no. <laughs> like whatever event is going right, on, at Yeah, that, whatever at that event moment. is going on. Um have you spent any money on it yet?
1: No, I haven't spent any real life money and I don't play enough to like run up against the tracks not unlocking or any of yeah, that kind sure. of stuff. And I'm content to just do mediocre with my with baby peach and right. You know, just like mediocre and your cards or whatever everything. Yeah. Because I'm, it's really just a little bit of a time waster for me, but I am enjoying it for what it is.
0: Um, well, that's great. Uh, I have not really had a lot of opportunity to play games uh, this last week. Um, although last night I was like, Hey, you know what? That Last of Us Remastered is uh, free on PlayStation Plus right now. I got to reacquaint myself with that game before playing uh, Last of Us 2. And so I spent a long time playing that last night. And let me tell you, I cried three times. (laughs) Three, Mark. Anyway, that's not on a Nintendo platform. So we are going to move into the new releases and what we might be playing next week.
1: All right, on Tuesday, October eighth, which I'm going to say is today, but you of course know that that is not true when I'm recording this. Come on, (laughs) Uh, ukulele in the impossible layer is released on Switch.
0: Um, very interesting. I'm uh, I'm very interested in this game. I want to see what kind of reviews it gets. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit about Ukulele um on a previous episode, but it's so interesting that like the first game like came out and was a very uh you know, like banjo kazooie style game and uh was not like designed in a particularly compelling way. The worlds were sort of boring and the discovery in that game was weak. Um, but this is just like a 2D platform like this is a different style of game. Um and i mean maybe if maybe being simplified makes it better um i don't know like I'm, I'm i'm just stating that i'm very interested to see how this does yeah
1: me as well because it's it they've kind of and i'm not sure the name of the development team but it seems like they've kind of like hitched their wagon to ukulele i don't know if the first game really engendered enough goodwill or love towards the characters yeah to, it's like
0: uh, Platonic is the is the oh, name uh-huh, of the uh, uh-huh. of the company but i mean well uh well you're right that like the original ukulele no one was like oh yeah i just need more ukulele in my life i, I love both ukulele and laylee yeah no one has said that but it is like there they remain a, a compelling like uh, vehicle for your Banjo-Kazooie love. You know what I mean? Totally. So that, like, um, I'm still interested... If this was a, another game that didn't have these characters in it, you know, I I wouldn't be paying attention to it it's at all. It's at least
1: recognizable.
0: That's it. Yeah. Yeah, which is why you make a, a game with the, with the same characters. And, like, how weird would it be if uh, The Impossible Layer becomes this amazing game and they make more games like it and they're all, like, in the side-scrolling? And, like... The origins of ukulele as a banjo kazooie like game just like totally fade away. Basically, like it's just the sped up process that Donkey
1: Kong had from Donkey Kong 64 to Donkey Kong Country Returns.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: They just compressed that timetable into a matter of years. And then on Thursday, October 10th, Pocket Stables is coming out.
0: Okay, so I highlighted this one on our list of new releases because it's called Pocket Stables. And look, I know it's a mobile game from 2015, and it's like a sim stables kind of game. It's got like an 8-bit uh, art style. Looks kind of cute. You raise horses, whatever. It just made me think of Pocket Card Jockey. And really,
1: all we're using this segment to plead for is a Pocket, pocket Card Jockey... Port to the Switch e-shop
0: Please. Oh my God. I want it so badly. Pocket Card Jockey. Again, just for anyone who has not listened to me say this too many times, you race horses by playing solitaire. It's a perfect game.
1: Developed by Game Freak. That's right. um So that comes out on a, that meaning Pocket Stables, not yes. pocket, pocket Card Jockey for the Nintendo Switch, which, by the way, remains available for the Nintendo 3DS. If you have eShop credits that's with which to buy it. Because you can no longer use your credit card on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. But that, meaning Pocket Stables, comes out on October
0: 10th. And then on Friday, October 11th, Killer Queen Black is released on the Switch eShop as well. Very exciting that this thing is actually coming out. Um, I feel like we have been on the outside of Killer Queen and Killer Queen Black for too long. And Mark, that ends this week. So I will finally be able to speak... With authority. Yeah, instead of just like vague excitement about a game we've never played. I, I sometimes I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how my brain works. And I don't know why I'm excited about a thing that I've never experienced. I
1: think, okay, in, uh, Killer Queen Black is such a good title. Yes. Partly because all I think of anytime I read it, I, the Queen song. Killer Queen. Killer Queen immediately begins to play.
0: Yeah. And so, it's a good so song it, associated with like it. Yeah.
1: a maybe good game. I guess we'll find out on Friday. Uh, Perfect.
0: All right. uh, So that's what we might, what uh, those are the new releases. (laughs) I was going to try to do like the transition into this segment. Uh, Yes. (sighs) All right. Let's close this out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33 wherein the performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece... Today we are going to discuss what we know or remember about the Planet of the Apes movies,
1: which I'm sure is everybody's favorite type of segment where we vaguely recall something <laughs> and stumble through getting the details wrong.
0: Well, so first, first let's let's start with the names of the movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there there are nine Planet of the Apes movies. Uh-huh. Five in the original series, uh, the one Tim Burton one, and then the three like recent ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So. The first Planet of the Apes, just called Planet of the Apes, right? We got that. Second one, any guesses? Beneath the Planet of the Apes? I believe it's Beneath the Planet of the Apes, because that's the one where They it's... go
1: Beneath the Planet of the Apes? Right.
0: Well, and it starts as a direct sequel to the first one, um, and ends with the planet exploding. Right. Sending some characters back in time to, like, Earth before everyone turns into monkeys. And so then, uh, Planet of the Apes 3, 4, and 5 are all, like, the lead-up to the world becoming... The Planet of the Apes. What are the names of those movies? So one is definitely Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and I think there's also a Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And Uh. then I'm not sure what the other one is.
1: But moving forward, uh, while we puzzle that one out, Tim Burton's movie is just called Planet
0: of the Apes. Right, no problems there. And then Rise of... Wait, wait, wait. Some of these might have the same name. They might. I mean, already Planet of the Apes has... Yes. There are at least two movies called just Planet of the and Apes. And
1: then when we flat, uh, come forward to, the, like, the Caesar trilogy. Yes. Uh, the one with James Franco is, I think, Rise, Rise of the, of the Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes. Maybe. Then, uh, Conquest? I don't...
0: I think Conquest is one, but I don't... You think Conquest is in the first? I, I think it might be. Uh, what would a five-movie hexology... <laughs> Oh wait, this bugs me so bad because uh, I feel like no the the uh, yeah
1: all, all of this but the uh, the Caesar movies is like rise is it rise it's rise the last one is War, War Four, 4.
0: That's, that's right conquest of yeah maybe maybe it is conquest living of. in <laughs> hmm okay so we don't remember the names of these movies right uh, so that's a pretty good start um, did you. Yeah, you you've seen all of the original, all of the five original, uh, Planet of the Apes, is right. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, which, like, because I really like the original Planet of the Apes, I, I like that movie, and I know I've seen all of the sequels and like had them all on DVD at one point. Um, but like, I've only seen those the sequels each one time. Yeah. Uh, the one that sticks the most in my head is Battle for the Planet
1: of the Apes, where that kind of leads. So the the apes are uh this is set in the past but like the future for us so like the near future right okay sure and all the apes are um like slaves or prisoners basically
0: so is this this has got to be and it's like
1: the prisoner uprising one
0: yeah so that that's got to be like the fourth one fourth or fifth don't yeah. look them up. Don't you dare look no, them up. Mark. I, well, I
1: really want to see what the what the. Uh, okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I've seen all of them. I was so excited for the Tim Burton one. So was out, I. I was like really into Tim Burton. Yep. Um, I was like, it I was still a good time to be me.
0: into Tim Burton, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Cause like this is two thousand
0: one again. I don't think. you dare look it up. <laughs> no, I feel pretty confident it was 2001. Okay, yeah, I saw it with like high school friends, so it was probably two thousand one. That makes sense. Um. And, like, it's all practical effects, um, which I was super excited about. I even feel like I am sure it's
1: not all practical effects. Every single
0: <laughs> effect was practical.
1: <laughs> but the makeup, it's probably the last the of makeup, the great, makeup, like, yeah. makeup movies. Yeah. Um, where they actually did, like, prosthetic makeup. Because now you would... I mean, obviously, like they did with the Caesar trilogy or with Avatar or something, you would do a lot of it with performance capture.
0: Right. Which is cool in its own right. Yeah. Like, I, I actually really like the performance capture in the Planet of the Apes movies, like, way more than something like Avatar. Which, you know, also I don't really like Avatar. Um, so, and by the way, we've got four more of those movies coming down coming down the pipe. Um, yeah, what was your point about the... Uh, is it Return oh, to I, the Planet of the Apes? No, my... Po- is that the third one?
1: <laughs> no, my point of... Uh, oh, Battle for Planet of the Apes. Yes. Was that... I, I remember really being
0: dark and... Not oh. a lot of fun. Well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll never know. We were accompanied today by, by the K2 Orchestra. All right, Mark, um, let's get into the news. We've
1: got a lot of Pokemon Sword and Shield news. Uh, Game Informer's cover story for this month, which I think in magazine terms means the November issue. Because we're almost one month away from the release of Pokemon oh Sword and Shield. God, which we are. Which is crazy. That's so soon. Um, so because it's the cover story, that means we got to deep dive into some of the details of the games. So here's some highlights. Yeah, lay them on me. Auto-saving is an option in the game for the first time ever in Pokemon. Uh, which is A, great, and B,
0: come on, guys. Auto saving that seems pretty important,
1: right? I don't, but I don't i mean, yeah, it makes a ton of sense, but is there like a uh elite strategy reason why you wouldn't want auto saving like if you get the wrong yes like, Pokemon or roll or something like that? yeah,
0: so when like encountering a legendary pokemon, um you know there are all these like attributes hidden attributes of uh Pokemon that. Uh, you know, like, their nature, I know, is one of them, um, and just, like, stats, whatever, um, that uh, every time you encounter them, it, it like, rolls a different one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know there are people who, like, will save Scrub uh, and just, like, keep, like, going back and trying to, like, re-recruit the same Pokemon until it's the right nature. So I
1: think for the layman Pokemon player, like, uh, me and you, yeah, this is a great thing, but I, I think th- they're smart to make it optional. Yes, I agree. Um, and also one thing that's changing is that every Pokemon in your party will get equal experience every time across the board in Pokemon Sword and Shield, which means you don't need the experience share item anymore in order to accomplish that.
0: Right. Which is, it's weird that that is such, like, a a series, like, standard item. Like, experience share in Pokemon is one of those things that, like, as soon as I can get it, I do, and I keep it forever, um, and like when it appears in any other c- type of game I'm like yes d- I want this totally I don't want to have to grind for everyone separately um I've heard th- like there's a little bit of grumbling about like that there might be characters that you don't want to level up at the same rate as everyone else I don't totally understand those objections maybe uh, yeah maybe it is around like evolving Pokemon or that kind of stuff can't you just leave those Pokemon back in your bank like if, if they're not out with you if they're not in your party they're not leveling up Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't understand the finer points of Pokemon. No, look. has been discussed. We are Pokemon idiots. We're just excited to play this game in like a month.
1: Uh, Producer Junichi Masuda elaborated on why mainland Pokemon games have always resisted being console experiences. The handheld games, quote, facilitate the real-life interactions
0: playing with friends in the same space and talking with each other, which I think makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, And is just like a, uh, you know, that's like a a feature of the anime, right? Is that uh, Ash is like going and meeting people and making his Pokemon fight their Pokemon. It's a social experience. He also mentioned the importance of the partnerships
1: with stores for distributing rare or unique Pokemon. Uh, Again, he emphasized that this is important for the social aspect of the game, saying... We do that so you can go there to that location and you may run into a friend or meet somebody you didn't know before and connect through the game.
0: Um, Which I thought was interesting just uh, if for no other reason than it's not like, oh, yeah, we have these strategic partnerships with stores because we get something out of that financially. That is like, yeah, you go there and then you'll meet someone else who is also playing Pokemon. Um, But, you know, they got some secret backroom <laughs> deals. Well, uh, I, I again, I really appreciate this as well. I
1: wish the Switch still had um three D S like the street pass on the three D S. Sure. Because it was I didn't take my three D S out a bunch. Like I didn't uh commute on a train or anything like that. But anytime I would travel, I would throw my three DS into the bag and it was really fun to be going through airports and then yeah. being on a plane and like booting up your three D S and just seeing Different people from, you know, all around the world wearing, like, different outfits and different hats, playing different games. It was really cool, and I liked that sort of, like, passive social interaction. Yeah, totally. Um, and
0: I wish they had brought that over to Switch. But... I like when games encourage that sort of thing. It also would have been great if the 3DS didn't insist on draining the heck out of your battery uh, while street passing like that. I didn't find it to be that bad. Um, well, because, like, what I would want to do is I would want to just, like, leave it on and, like, in my bag for, like, uh, a whole uh-huh. day of travel. Um, or just, like, going out for the day. And, like, a day will kill it, you know? I'm just sad that,
1: it, like, at the height of the 3DS's popularity, I didn't have an opportunity to, like, go and visit Japan. And just yeah. like street because you know living in LA
0: you I mean we're also isolated in our own cars and everything and like
1: sometimes we just want to like crash into each other to feel something you <laughs> oh know what I mean goodness
0: <laughs> uh, Masuda
1: also mentioned that he preferred to keep the Pokemon development team small which is why the core development at Game Freak is 180 to 200 people which is pretty small Re- yeah relatively yeah, yeah. for sure when a project like um, Assassin's Creed will have thousands of people working on it, yeah,
0: which I think is uh, sort of speaks to you know whatever kind of criticism they get about the games always being like a little bit like budgety or like that they don't that they don't like stretch to meet like you know, whatever the enormous consumer demand is of like, have all the Pokemon in it, have everything be um, like beautiful HD graphics. Like it, it still looks like it's going to be a nice looking game and I'm still very excited for it. But like uh, the fact that they are keeping it, keeping the team purposefully small um, is uh, interesting if, if if nothing else. Uh, he mentions gear project system is the program
1: within Game Freak that allows even smaller teams to break off and make non-Pokemon experiences. Cool. Like we're seeing with Little Town Hero, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize until it came up on the eShop, as like a side note, that Little Town Hero is only... Thirty or forty it's, yeah, bucks. It's like cheaper. it's a yeah. I didn't realize that. So that actually helps me recalibrate my expectations for that game. Absolutely. Which again is, is I think coming soon in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, October sometime I, I believe. And uh, and pocket card jockey,
0: ding, of ding, course, ding, ding 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 Pocket card jockey uh, twice in one episode, <laughs> baby. Mark it on your bingo cards. Um, but yeah, I mean, also you know, pocket card jockey was another like, um, budget title that was it was cheaper. Um, and if Little Town Hero is going to be an experience, uh, like, uh, of the same caliber or, like, on the same, uh, like, time investment or whatever, um, you know, it could still be w- a great game even at a uh, lower price and at a smaller scale.
1: At some point in the development process of Pokemon Sword and Shield, Game Freak considered doing away with turn-based battles altogether.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, the, the, the language in the Game Informer article gets a little, like... Little sticky here, so I just wanted to maybe read from them directly um, because it it reads uh, quote Game Freak Game Freak uh, thought about changing up the very core of the battle system from traditional turn based from from the traditional turn based experience, but reconsidered when thinking of the initial themes for this next entry. However, director Shigeru uh, Omori said that the team felt quote uh, uh, team quote felt like expressing the turn based battles in their ultimate form. Unquote, unquote.
1: I, the part that's interesting to me about that is when he says that they reconsidered when thinking of the initial themes for the next entry.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, so there are a lot of things here that feel a little nebulous to me. Themes for the next entry, I assume they mean Sword and Shield. That they are talking about the next entry in the this one that's coming out. Yeah, I, I think um, so. And not the next entry. Um. But yeah, that this would be a particularly... Well, th- so it, it makes me wonder, like, are they talking about getting rid of... Combat entirely, or doing a different kind of combat that wouldn't be turn-based. Right. I I read it as,
1: uh, being they'd not be doing turn-based. But I wonder if by themes they mean like, um, like story themes, right? In like the narrative, or if yeah. they mean themes, like goals for the project, right? So when they were talking yeah. about like, oh, what is our goal for this next entry in the Pokemon series? That, I. I don't know what one of those were but maybe it was like oh because this is like the first HD new um generation like let's really show what these turn based battles can look like yeah. sort of thing like so I I wonder what themes means in this
0: yeah scenario yeah. there there are a lot of like sticky little words here so I'm just just wanted to uh, not try to recontextualize it, um, uh, but just present what Game Informer uh, has, has uncovered for us. There was also some confusion coming out of the Game Informer article
1: about the number of gyms in the game. I don't know if you saw anything yeah, about this. Yeah, this is weird. So the Game Informer story called out 18 gyms, but the Pokemon company later issued a statement clarifying that the story takes users through eight gyms.
0: Okay, which is more in line with what a traditional Pokemon game does. Right,
1: but that, there are 18 different types of gyms that exist in Galar, and the gyms and the gym leaders differ depending on if you pick up Pokemon Sword or Pokemon Shield.
0: So it, even if that's the case, even if there are eight distinct gyms in each one of these games, that's only 16 gyms. Right,
1: but then there's probably like a final gym or whatever at the and very end. And maybe like a first gym as well. Or if there are variations of each, you oh, sure. just need one final gym, and then that would like equal I but, but that's the, a guess I have no yeah, idea. Yeah,
0: but that would be pretty crazy too if the all eight gyms all eight or nine gyms in each version of the game were completely different. I don't think
1: they're completely different. I think they're saying like the gym leader is going to be different between games and that kind of stuff. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah I, guess, I suppose that that is uh, also possible that like they are the same gym with the same, cause you know, we played a little bit of that water gym um, at E3 this year. Um, and like, it has some like light puzzle elements. Maybe all of that stuff is the same. And just like the trainers, like in the gym itself are like a little bit different. That's between my versions. guess. Um, but I guess we will see. And
1: on the Pokemon 24-hour live stream, we saw a new Galarian form of Ponyta
0: with a sparkling pink and white
1: mane mm-hmm. and maybe a unicorn
0: horn? Looked looks like a unicorn horn looks like a unicorn horn. Um, so the uh, Galarian Ponyta is a beautiful unicorn. Um, Lustrous mane. Mm-hmm. We see two of them, like, gallop into frame together and kind of, like, nuzzle each other. And then their manes shimmer like the heavens, and they gallop away. So... It's all adorable. Everything about this game is really
1: adorable. I'm very excited for this game. When Mario Maker 2 was... So back when Mario Maker 2, they had like the Nintendo Direct for it. And this was before E3. And one of the things that was really missing was the ability to play online multiplayer with your friends. Right? Like Mario Maker 2 has the versus multiplayer and like the cooperative multiplayer. And it's really fun, but you just were never able to like connect with your friends to do it. It would just randomly pair you up. Right, exactly. So at E3, Nintendo was uh, is- issued a statement saying that in a forthcoming update to the game, you would be able to play with friends. That update is now here. Um, version 1.1.0 dropped last week. It includes being able to play multiplayer with friends, plus a bunch of other updates, including a new LAN play option for people on the same LAN network. Okay, like hardwired in? No, it seems like and look, I don't understand how LANs work in this day and age, but it seems like it's if you're on the same LAN network, you can play multiplayer. All right.
0: So but, So LAN maybe is just like a local, right? Like
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it it just stands
0: for local area network. So right. like if you're on the same Wi-Fi together and like set up a network, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That it wouldn't have to be physical. I just always think of LAN party as everyone dragging their Uh, their PCs to, like, one... Right, you just, like, Ethernet cable in all of them together, yeah.
1: Uh, You can now choose Play Together directly from any course uploaded to a player's profile, which is cool. Uh, In leaderboards, there are now official makers, making it easier to find official Nintendo-built levels, which I think is a really welcome addition. And you can now use touch controls with button controls in handheld
0: mode. This is great, um, because the... The building tools in this game are are very good. They're very versatile. Um, And I do a lot of it on the TV. Um, So, like, it's a little bit tricky in that, like, you have to really learn the kind of, like, shortcuts to doing everything. And you're using, like, every button on this controller. Because it seems like it would really make most sense for it to be, like, a touch interface. Um, But then when I switch over to handheld um, and I can't make... That way, I have to make, like, by tapping on it. Like, I've committed all of these muscle memory, mm. like, shortcuts uh, to the controller, and then I can't use them. So, this is, I'm, I'm very happy about this. You can also just set
1: it to use touch controls only if you wanted to. I will not. And then there's also lots of other quality of life improvements to the game. It's a pretty big update. Nintendo of America also tweeted that additional updates are planned, including nor- new course parts.
0: In Interesting. Um, also, look. At some point, Mark, at some point, we've got to get a new theme. Right. We have to. Yeah. Because uh, New Super Mario, no, not new, uh, Super Mario 3D World is still in there under the additional themes category. It's the only one that's there. It's the the one additional themes. And
1: Nintendo wouldn't lie with grammar like that. That's just not what they do. They would never lie with grammar. Alpha Dream, developer of the Mario and Luigi RPG series, has declared bankruptcy and is ceasing operations.
0: So maybe not that big of a surprise, right? Like the last two games that these guys put out were remakes uh, on the 3DS for a uh, one Game Boy Advance game and one DS game um, in the Mario and Luigi series, um, and they both came out like way after the Switch was like already out. And, like, no... You know what I mean? Like, during that period when, like, people weren't buying new 3DS games. Right. Well, speaking of Bowser's Inside Story, so...
1: After the news of Alpha Dreams bankruptcy came out, uh, former Game Informer senior editor Imran Khan tweeted that he'd heard that the 3DS remake of Bowser's Inside Story sold so poorly that Nintendo canceled, like, other 3DS plans. But I, like... I wonder how that, like, relationship worked between Alpha Dream and Nintendo. Like, sure. Was like Alpha Dream is, pitching these games? Yeah, or who was who setting those priorities? Them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and so, like, yeah, like, I don't know how that worked. Like, I don't know if Alpha Dream had recently been pitching a new, like, Mario and Luigi or game to Nintendo or games to other platform owners. And none of them, you know, got greenlit. I, it's, it's, I think it's still a little bit unclear exactly what happened here.
0: Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, just, it does, it, it sucks a little bit because like the series was doing, you know, something uh like interesting with the, with the Mario um, characters and maybe it gotten like a little stale and they hadn't really like innovated on the Mario and Luigi formula, but like they're funny little games and like, I don't know, they're, they, they are interesting. It's kind of a shame that that is now going to, uh, well, maybe just fall into someone else's hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this also marks the end of the Mario and Luigi RPG series. Um, speaking of marking the end of something, this is probably the last time we're ever going to talk about Dr. Mario World. No, Mario. Because it's a mobile game on, that we didn't don't say care that. that much about. Come on. But <laughs> they've been slowly adding new Doctor characters to the game since launch. And I saw this come through on Twitter. And I thought it was so cute that I had to talk about it on the show. Yeah. They introduced a Dr. Luma character. Oh,
0: my God. Who is
1: separate from Dr. Rosalina. Yeah. And doesn't wear a lab coat. Oh. Missed opportunity, but carries a satchel. That's cute. Gained opportunity. It's very cute. Um, I'm very into Dr. Luma. uh, I will never play this game again. No, (laughs) I mean,
0: absolutely not. Who... do we know uh, like what the other? I mean, they're just like making ev- ev- basically everyone can can be a doctor. I mean, if Dr. they got Mark. to
1: Doctor Luma, yeah, I think like that's, that's pretty, pretty far much. down the list.
0: <laughs> that feels like it's after Doctor Goomba. I,
1: I think they're I think they're doing a like Mario Galaxy themed event or like a new map or something. Sure. So I think that's why both Doctor Rosalina and Doctor Luma were introduced. Um. I think who? the first Luma Doctor in uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, by the way. Oh, wow. So, That's
0: really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> He's a real trail, trailblazer. Oh. Who do you think would be the worst? Uh, Like, at a, a what point? Like has to be a, a Mario character, like a nameable Mario character, uh-huh. who is a doctor. Who would be the one that you're like, all right, f- I am out. I, I don't care about this at all anymore.
1: Well, I immediately, not a Mario character, uh-huh. but I... Tingle, would, I think, would
0: be like Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's always getting hit with malpractice suits. I was thinking any of the brutals from Mario Odyssey. Oh, uh-huh. They're wonderful wedding planners, but terrible doctors.
1: They would really give it their all, though. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, John Kirby, who was the namesake for the Nintendo character Kirby, passed away last week at the age of 79. Kirby represented Nintendo during their lawsuit with Universal in the early 1980s over the Donkey Kong name.
0: Uh, well, that's where I ended on a little bit of a sad one. I, I did not know that Kirby was named after a human being.
1: I didn't know that either. I d- and I, so I imagine that in Japan, Kirby is not actually named Kirby.
0: <gasps> but Kirby's like one of the most Japanese things I can like, imagine. But uh, you're probably right that his name isn't Kirby. Right. Wow. Wow, um, a lot to think about. A lot to think about. Uh, a, a, a question. So Jack or er, John Kirby, not Jack Kirby, a different person. <laughs> John Kirby was uh, an attorney. Y- yes. Okay, I believe so. Um, and he was. He, so okay, I'm. I'm just wrapping my head around um this Donkey Kong thing because I remember there was also a time um uh, maybe like a decade ago at this point when Nintendo was getting litigious with people about the phrase "It's on like Donkey Kong." Do we know if John Kirby was involved in that in any way? I, I don't believe so. Okay. Well, it is like Donkey Kong. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That sort of stuff helps us out a bunch. Uh, also, you could share this episode on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. Mark, what's the last place you shared something? Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> We're all too greedy I mean it worked.
1: I mean, we talk about uh, podcasts all the time at work, so at work. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, or do you mean like... Oh, like or do you mean like gum. what I share? Um well being you know, this is not is not a bit <laughs> worth tra- this is not a bit worth dragging out. <laughs>
0: All right, you can follow, follow us on Twitter where we promise not to drag out bits either uh, on, on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at NinCart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers sharing a thank you for listening. At our new podcast, Barely, Barely, Barely Composed, Composed, with us, Feminine Trio. Each week, we write a brand new comedic song with one of our funny friends. Listen and subscribe to Barely Composed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Campfire.